Hello, and welcome to Create You, the personal growth and development podcast that will help you break through to better results in your life, work, and relationships. I'm your host, Jeremy Flagg, and thank you for joining me. Everyone communicates through conversations, but increasingly few people connect with whom they're communicating. With so many marriages ending in divorce and so many relationships struggling due to poor communication, it's time to raise the quality of our everyday conversations. So what are the things that get in the way of connecting with others through conversation and how can you avoid them? In the second installment of my Better Communication series, I'll be sharing with you the most common ways people kill conversations and how to avoid them at all costs. So if you've ever had trouble feeling as though what you're sharing in conversations is actually getting through, or you've ever been accused of being difficult to talk to, then listen to today's episode as I reveal three common communication mistakes many people make that keep them from connecting and how to fix them. Hello, creators. Hey, it's your host, Jeremy Flagg, welcoming you back to another episode of Create You. Hey, thanks for joining me today. I'm so happy that you're here. We are just a few days away from Valentine's Day. Can you believe it? We're already into the second month of 2016 and thinking all about our relationships and those special people in our lives. And because I field more questions about love and relationships than almost any other topic in my coaching practice, I thought it would be good to spend the month of February focused on relationships, so that's exactly what we've been doing. If you've missed any of the episodes so far that I've uh, released here in February, these first two weeks, you could just go back and check them out on the podcast uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or over at JeremyFlag.com. You'll find every single episode right there at your fingertips. So if you would like some more tips about how to make your relationships awesome and remarkable, then you can find all of them on any of those channels. So today, we're going to be continuing uh, a four-part series that we started last Thursday in episode 42. Today, we're in episode 44, and we're on part two of our four-part series on how to create better communication in your relationships because we're because bottom line and communication is the relationship conversation is the relationship communication is the exchange of the information with which we share our hearts and our and our lives together and poor communication is the number one reason that people break up and marriages end in divorce so today we're spending our time on communication class number 102 talking about avoiding the conversation killers now like i mentioned last time i'm a firm believer that the quality of your life is indicated directly and influenced directly by the quality of your relationships. And that most relationships don't suffer from a lack of love, they suffer instead from a lack of skill. Communication is a skill, and it's a skill that everyone can and should learn if they wanna have successful relationships in their marriages, in their families, in their friendships, and in their careers. And when you gain confidence in your ability to create a strong connection with anyone, then you'll be able to influence a better outcome for everyone. As I said during lesson one of this series, which you can find if you missed it back at jeremyflag.com episode 42, poor communication is cited as the number one reason couples break up and marriages end in divorce. Poor communication is like a toxin that can poison your intimacy. It's like a poison in your relationship. 
It can poison your intimacy, your finances, your parenting. Even the quality of your physical health can be affected by poor communication and the tension and the stress that gets created because of it. So we want to move your relationship from feeling stressed and stuck and uncertain to feeling calm and collected and in control. And with so much on the line, with so much on the line, with our families on the line, with our relationships on the line, it's time to raise the standards for how we communicate with one another in our relationships. We have to learn again how to connect with the hearts of those we love the most. And it starts with conversations because communication at its core is simply the exchange of information between individuals or groups. That's all it really is. But the quality of that exchange varies greatly depending on the skills that you possess. In other words, everyone communicates, but very few connect. Let me say that again. Everyone communicates, but very few connect. Connection, though, is an important component of relationship happiness because without creating that strong bond through conversation, it's almost impossible to build a love that lasts a lifetime because instead of feeling like you're in this together with someone, you're going to feel like you're operating independently and out of sync with your partner. Connection is what makes great teams able to operate at high levels of effectiveness. And in relationships, we create that kind of connection through communication. And most communication happens where? It happens in conversations. And the importance of conversations is becoming generally overlooked. I mean, look, aren't there plenty of times when you just don't give that much attention to the conversations that you're having with the people that you love the most? It's usually the people that we love the most that we disregard the most because we, we, we don't have to give them that same sort of attention we would to that sales conversation we had earlier in the day because if we don't close that business, then we don't eat, Right? But when we're eating with our spouse, with our loved ones, with our family, we clock out because we don't feel like there's that much on the line. But what I'm trying to tell you is there's always something on the line because poor communication is the number one reason people break up. There's always something on the line. The connection of your team, the family as a team, the marriage as a team, the connection of your uh, of your union is what's on the line. So you have to give just as much time and attention Uh, to the conversations you have with those that are closest to you as you would with those that you do in business and in other significant areas of your life that you give a lot of priority to. You know, we cannot just lean on what sort of works for us because often that's what we do. We sort of lean on what communication patterns we had coming into our relationship and we lean on what we think is working for us in other areas of our life until all of a sudden it doesn't. And then we find ourselves in a crisis, running into the same brick wall over and over and over again, hoping to God that we'll eventually break through this wall if we're just persistent enough with the same pattern of communicating. But that doesn't hardly ever work. It doesn't work. When what we want to say really matters, when when what's in our heart really matters, we want to say it well, but then how we say it gets in the way we got to have better skills. We have to raise the standard on the skills that we use in communication with one another and in our conversations with one another. So what if I were to tell you that there are really 
only just two or three things that kill conversations regularly, and that if you were to eliminate these common mistakes, you could enjoy stronger connections with your spouse or loved ones. You could enjoy more influence with the people that you work with. What if I told you that your kids might actually listen to you when you ask them to do things? That's huge. But because there's really just two or three things that are killing those conversations. And in my work with couples, I've been able to identify many conversation killers that creep into communication between partnerships and ruin their chances at connecting with one another. So today what I've done is I've boiled them down to the three that are most common to relationships and how to avoid them at all costs. So without wasting any more time, let's get straight to it. The number one, number one way that you kill a conversation, a number one conversation killer that you have to avoid is giving unsolicited advice. Giving unsolicited advice kills conversations, and it happens all the time. Whether it's a conversation with your spouse, your family member, your children, your coworker, your friend, even your boss, you when you offer your advice about how to fix something, how to rectify a situation, how to remedy something without anyone asking you for it, then you're offering and giving unsolicited advice. This is what it means when it says no solicitors on the door when you walk up to an establishment. It means don't try to sell me anything because that's essentially what you're doing when you're giving advice that no one's asking for. You're trying to sell them on your idea of how you think things should work. You know, this used to happen to me all the time with Lisa at the beginning of our marriage. I mean, all the time. She would come home from work and then she would tell me something that was going on in her day that was giving her problems, maybe with a coworker, maybe with a boss, maybe with something that was, you know, going on some situation. And then I would listen and then I would offer my solution. And I would say something like it always started with something like, well, here's what I would do, honey, or I think you should do this or you ought to try this. <laughs> and all the women are laughing right now that are listening because it took me a while. But I eventually learned that if she wants my advice, she'll ask for it. Otherwise, I should really just keep it to myself. Because when I share my unsolicited advice with her and she's not asking for it, then it creates a disconnect. Because I'm assuming something about her. I'm assuming that I know everything about her situation. I'm assuming that I know exactly what should be done. And then I'm imposing my viewpoint. I'm imposing my advice on her without her permission. Without her permission. I'm, I'm, I'm making myself the authority without her permission. And that result is always disconnection. The result is always going to be a shutdown or a disconnect between me and my partner, between me and the person I'm having that conversation with. Because the result of giving unsolicited advice is always going to be disconnection. So the number one conversation killer you got to avoid, giving unsolicited advice. The number two conversation killer you must avoid is Stating your opinion as a fact. Stating your opinion as fact. And this happens more commonly in the beginning stages of a relationship. When you're getting to know one another, you know, uh, maybe when you just met someone, maybe at a networking event with someone. But, I mean, it happens more commonly at the beginning because if you don't like what you're hearing, you're going to walk away. This creates more walk-away moments than almost any other conversation killer. 
because it halts the ability to connect with anyone very, very quickly. I mean, stating your opinion as a fact, it usually sounds something like this. Um, You know, well, I think that love only works when blank or I know that there's only one way to God and it's this or it might even sound like I feel that people who swear are inconsiderate and unkind. I mean, so are you hearing what I'm saying? So when I posture my opinion as a fact, when I put it in such a way that there's no other alternative, then there isn't any room left in the discussion for an exchange of ideas. And when there's no room left in the discussion, then people who are on the other end of this only have a couple of choices. Number one, they can disagree with me and they can own their opinion in the conversation, which is going to lead to me challenging their opinion with my idea, which is going to lead to them feeling like they have to prove themselves and defend their position against mine, which is going to lead to a tense discourse at best but it's never going to lead to a connection. Or, number two, they're just going to avoid sharing what they think, shut down, walk away, or just avoid sharing their heart at all. They may stick it out in the conversation with me and just walk away thinking, man, that guy is really opinionated. Either way, it's going to be a disconnected outcome and not one that you're going to enjoy or the other person is going to enjoy. There's going to be no connection, just a lot of communication, a lot of talking, A lot of telling, but not a whole lot of sharing. So, stating your opinion as a fact is a surefire way to kill a conversation. Number one, giving unsolicited advice, you got to avoid it. Number two, stating your opinion as a fact, got to avoid it because it kills those conversations. And the number three most common way that I need you to avoid uh, to kill a conversation is this, labeling labeling the other person or labeling a whole group of people. It's one of the most egregious ways to kill a conversation, and it's becoming increasingly common because of the way that we have public discourse through the media and other channels that we're taking in at all times. People kill conversations just by labeling a whole group of people or or especially labeling the person that you're talking to by When I say label, what I mean is you generalize someone's behavior or you generalize the characteristics or traits of a whole group of people. You dehumanize them. You turn them into objects. You turn them into less than human by saying things like, you know, you women are so dot, dot, dot. Or, you know, entrepreneurs just don't understand what it's like to be professionals. Or, you know, stay-at-home parents are so out of touch with dot, dot, dot. Or, you know, men are always saying this. (laughs) Sound familiar? When labels show up in conversations, then they straightjacket the conversation. They straightjacket the dialogue. And they halt all efforts and they constrain all efforts at connecting with the other people. Why? Because they're just judgments. Their labels that they put on you are an attempt to reduce a complex human being full of hopes and dreams and fears just like them into an easy-to-remember bumper sticker slogan that serves as a baseline for all future references to those types of people, of which you may be one in, in their eyes. 
Labels are judgments, huge, sweeping generalizations. And as I've said before on other podcasts, and I will say again right now, and it's necessary to remember, when you judge someone, then you've lost the ability to influence them, and you've most definitely lost the ability to connect with them. So, number one, to give you a quick summary, giving unsolicited advice kills conversations. Number two, stating your opinion as a fact kills conversations. Number three, labeling people, labeling groups of people, generalizing groups of people with labels kills conversations. So, you know, I've mentioned these three because they're three of the most common that I've identified that happen pretty regularly in public discourse or private discourse. But uh, there are many, many more. I mean, I could live. I could list a few for you. I mean, uh, interrupting. I mean, wow, this happens a lot in public space. Look at the politicians that are running for president uh, in the United States. I mean, they're always interrupting each other. They disregard and disrespect each other. That's what interrupting does. It creates that disrespectful environment. Um, how about body language? When your body language is out of alignment with what you're saying, so when you say something like, yeah, I'm listening, but your eyes are, you know, looking at the television, uh, or you say, yeah, I'm really interested, but you're, you know, you're, you're looking at your phone, your body language is not in alignment with what you're saying. That creates a disconnect between you and the other person, and of course creates uh, some, some general issues with the way that you're being received, you know, by everyone in the room. Uh, having a personal agenda when you're communicating. In other words, there's underlying intentions in what you're saying, and there's motives that are beyond it. And people feel that. They absolutely feel it. Because when you have that underlying motive and your underlying agenda that you want to get them somewhere, sort of like a sales, think about a salesman. Uh, people used to call that used car salesman feeling, right? It's because all he really wanted you to do was sign on the dotted line. He didn't really care what your problems were, what kind of problems you were having, what kind of solutions you wanted to find in a vehicle. He just wanted to place you in a car, put your butt in it, get you to sign on the dotted line and drive off the lot with it so he could make his money. There's a personal agenda that makes him disconnect from you and make him feel like he doesn't care about your situation or she doesn't care about your situation. So agendas are huge. Um, avoiding the subjects, changing the subjects, which is generally just being invulnerable, uh, being guarded, disregarding what someone asks you to move on to another conversation or another topic because you're not comfortable with that topic, not addressing it outright, just avoiding it, you know, just moving on to something else. That means that you have problems sharing and when you're closed off, people feel it and it feels like they don't connect with you and they can't have their heart uh, shared with you. And if they, if they can't hear your heart, then they won't share theirs. So invulnerability, inauthenticity shows up here. Uh, another way um, is to story jack. I call it story jacking, right? Uh, it usually goes like this. Oh, you know what? Your story reminds me of a time when I did this. And then they just consume the rest of the conversation with their story about what you started because they asked you a question about something, but then they disregarded everything you just said so that they could tell their story instead. Wow. Those are just a few of the more ways that people can kill conversations. And, and the reason why I focused on the three that I gave you is because they have a common thread that runs through them, a very common thread, and they're all based on one thing. You want to know what it is? It's a simple thing. They're all based on telling instead of asking. They're all based on telling instead of asking. And what I've learned as a coach is that there's simply no quicker way to connect with others than by asking them questions instead of telling them what you think. This is really 
important. If you want to create conversations that connect, if you want to have communication with others that makes them feel important and loved and 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 once and, and it helps to elevate the quality of the communication that you're having with other people, then you have to learn how to ask more questions. Stop telling them things that you think. Stop posturing your opinion and everything and start asking more questions. Because when you think about it, there's really only two ways to communicate with people in general. There's really only two forms of communication, comments or questions. Comments are almost always based on personal preferences, their personal opinions, and beliefs. Now, they may be welcomed like a compliment is a, is a comment that I would welcome, but they're mostly just tolerated. Right. Comments are mostly just tolerated. And when I'm obsessed with sharing my own opinion and my own thoughts and my own ideas on a subject, then I'm missing the opportunity to allow those that I'm speaking with to connect with me and for me to connect with them because I'm doing all of the communicating. I'm doing all of the sharing. I'm doing all of the talking, but I'm hardly doing any connecting. Questions, on the other hand, are an effort for me to get to know what someone else is thinking instead of telling them what I know. That is hugely important. Open-ended questions give you the opportunity to really connect with someone's heart and give them the opportunity to feel appreciated and listened to and the space to own what's happening in the conversation and make them feel like they're in control of what's going on. These are huge ways to connect with people. There are questions that are really just opinions, right? I mean, I know those, you know what I'm talking about. Leading questions like lawyers might ask, right? That have obvious conclusions or that you've postured uh, your opinion inside of a question, which is really just telling everybody what you think, right? Those exist. But overall, questions as a strategy in conversations works like magic. It works almost every single time. So, Bottom line, if you want to avoid the conversation killers that I've just told you about and you want to create better connections in your communication, then you only need to remember this one thing. Ask more questions, period. Just about everything you want to tell someone can be crafted into a question. Questions are generally more well-received because they allow people the space to form their own conclusions instead of feeling forced to agree or disagree with yours. Because let's face it, Nobody, you included, likes being told what to think or being told what to do. So why would you want to communicate that way? You're putting someone on the defensive before you even begin and you're refusing the opportunity to connect with them. So here's your challenge. Here's your challenge. Avoid the conversation killers this week. Are you ready for the challenge? All right. Increase the quality of your conversations this week by turning everything you want to tell someone into a question instead. Turn what you want to tell someone into a question. I want you to ask yourself some things. I want you to maybe journal these things. What do you notice? What happens? Are you connecting with them more easily? Are you able to see positive results in the conversations? Right? Everything you want to tell somebody, turn it into a question. I can tell you this. I've never had one client that I recommended this exercise to that's ever come back to me and said, Jeremy, this doesn't work because it always does. It works like magic. In fact, 
One of my leadership clients who was struggling to gain the influence he wanted in the workplace used only this technique for a full month and influenced major changes in several directives in his company by crafting everything he wanted to say to them into the form of questions during staff meetings. He later went on to call the question strategy that I gave him the secret ninja skill of communication. Because it's silent, it moves through the conversation, and you're there to receive the benefits of it, and people remember that you were a great conversationalist because all you did was wind them up and get them talking about their own lives. People love talking about themselves. That's the truth. People don't like hearing you talk about you. They want to hear you know, a conversation. To them, a conversation means that they're interacting, that they're the ones contributing. So if you allow them the space to tell you more about them, they will just ask better questions. If you want to create some serious influence with those around you and not just communicate, but also connect with your spouse and with your loved ones and with your coworkers and with your children, then avoid the conversation killers and replace everything that you want to comment on, everything you want to tell someone with a question instead. Hey, that's it for Communication 102. Be sure to join me next Thursday for 103, where we'll be covering the hardest thing for most people to master in conversations that has the biggest payoffs imaginable. Be sure to never miss this thing, man. This is going to be great. Be sure to subscribe in the podcast uh, to iTunes. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and subscribe to every single episode. You'll receive it for free. Come on over to jeremyflag.com slash episode 44. Share your answer to this question. Share your comments to this episode there. Here's the question I want you to answer on the show notes. What are some other conversation killers that you've identified, and how did you work past them? I can't wait to read your answers. So be sure to click the link in the show notes or head on over to the website to give me your comments and your answers. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, then be sure to share it with all your friends on social media. And consider, if you would, please take in just 30 seconds of your time to rate and review the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Tell everyone you know how much you loved it, and more people will be able to have the edge in their communication and in their relationships that I'm giving you today. So as we close this episode, I want to leave you with one of my favorite quotes that relates directly to what we just talked about in Communication 102 today from the great football coach Lou Holtz who said this, I never learn anything talking. I only learn things when I ask questions. I couldn't agree more, Coach Lou. Hey, stay curious in your conversations and keep on asking questions if you want to create deeper connections. Have a breakthrough day. Have an awesome Valentine's Day weekend, and I'll talk with you again soon. Thanks for listening. For more tips about how to create the life, work, and relationship you love, just head over to jeremyflag.com where you'll find lots of free resources and notes from this episode. And don't forget to share your comments with me. I'd love to hear your voice. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review for me in the iTunes store. If you're listening on Apple's podcast app, just click anywhere on the show artwork to reveal the show notes and click the link that says, please rate and review the show in iTunes. Your feedback is appreciated. If you'd like to continue the conversation, then please like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter 
and be sure to use the hashtag create you. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me today on create you and be sure to check in with me next time when I'll be back with another life changing episode. You won't want to miss it. So be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud to get free delivery of every show. Until next time, this has been Jeremy Flagg, reminding you that you are a creator. You don't need to react to life as it happens to you because you have the power within you to create the life you love today. Now go and create you. You.